Hallelujah. If you're not already stand, come on and stand to your feet for the reading of the word. Hallelujah. Amen. You can keep it right there, Brother Marcus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This is Hebrews 12 and 3. I'm sorry, 12 and 2. Amen. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, we thank you. We praise you, God. Lord, I come before you, Lord, for myself, God. Just asking, Lord Jesus, that you would remove me out of the way, God, that you would let your word go forth, Lord Jesus, and it would be what your people need. All of these things, Lord Jesus, I ask and I pray in your blessed name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I give honor to my beloved wife on today, amen, to minister, amen, to each and every one of you, amen, even praying for those that are not here on today, just asking that God would keep them, amen, until we are together again. Um, on today, God has given me the title, Important People, Important People, amen. How do you know if a person is important? How do we know? How do you know if a person is important? The Christian answer is everybody's important, right? If I ask you that question, Pastor, everybody is important. Amen. But our actual behavior, we don't think like that. Not so much. Everybody is not important. Uh, we look for status, we look for symbols. Amen. We look for buzzwords to determine whether people are worth our time. We look for titles. Amen. We look at income, what neighborhood they live in, what degree they have, what's their family name, who they know, who they related to. We look at their clothes. We look at their job. We look at how many followers or subscribers they got before we determine whether they are worth our time. We try to figure out what qualifies them to be important. I think I was leaving Bible study the other day and I saw my brother walking down the road from Walmart and he had on his jeans and his plain white t-shirt and his sun hat and his bag and his umbrella in case it starts raining. And for those who don't know, my brother is autistic. He is my older brother, not my younger brother. He does not drive. He walks everywhere he goes. He does not have on fancy running shoes. He might have on some shoes with some Velcro on them. Amen. He's not concerned about getting his hair cut. Amen. He's not concerned about designer clothes. Amen. And I pretty, pretty much imagine that when most people see him walking because he walks everywhere, they would say, oh, look at that guy walking. And look at his clothes and they would judge him. They wouldn't know he got three degrees, a journalism degree or uh, a BA in English, amen. They wouldn't know that because he's autistic, he's probably smarter than every person in this room. But based on his appearance and the fact that he's walking, they probably would deem him unimportant, probably even think that he was homeless or did not have family that cares about him. Amen. Important people. Not only do we determine whether other people are important, 
Amen. We measure our own importance this way. By what we have, by our degrees, by our status, by where we work, by what neighborhood we live in, by what our house looks like. That's what we define our identity as. We don't feel right if we don't have certain things. We feel unaccomplished, unaccomplished. We feel unimportant. We feel like people don't see us if we don't have certain things. You may say you don't, because I got somebody in here, right? You may say you don't, right? But these things are very important to us. That's why I say we know the Christian answer is that everyone is important and none of these things matter, but our lives say they do matter. Our lives say they do matter. And as I was looking at my brother and, and I work in a school setting where there are children with handicaps and disabilities, and I just began to say, God, I thank you. And I, I, now I understand why you would allow some people to be born with disability. Because if you ever around a person with disability or autism, amen, they don't care what you think. They don't even know that their behavior or what they're doing is outside of what's normal. They don't know. They don't know, right? A lot of them, I won't say all of them, but most of them don't know. They are unconcerned with what you think they should be like. They, they are handicapped. They have a disability, and we fine, right? I would say something wrong with us. And they find. And I've preached this several times, but God, I, I have the need to preach this again. That identity is found in Christ and nowhere else. You, <laughs> hallelujah, we think we so important. We think we important people or we're striving to be important people. But the thing that makes you important is your relationship with Christ. That's what gives you value. That's what gives you worth. You can identify yourself as a mother, as a husband, as a daughter, as a teacher, as a coach. But when those relationships end, then what are you? When you when, when you married and then you get divorced and you no longer a wife, what happens to your identity then? What happens when you lose a child? What happens when you lose a parent? What happens when you lose your job? Then who are you? Right, we've been in this series, Mission Mode. We've been talking about grinding and how we just working ourselves to the bone. For what? If it's not for Jesus, only what you do for Christ is what's going to last. So for what? Trying to be important. Trying to feel accomplished. Trying to feel like we arrive. And then what happens when we get there? It's still not enough and we want something else. When all those relationships change, are you still important? And so as I go through this series, this series is not only about connecting ourselves to God's mission and doing the right work, which both come from obedience, right? You can't, you can't be connected to God's mission and you can't do the right thing if you're not obedient. Because when he tells you to do whatever it is, you got to do it in order to do the right work, right? This series is about letting God, I want everybody to get this down in. It's about letting God define who you are. It's about letting God show you what's important and not letting the world or other people make you feel like what you do is not good enough. 
It's just we got this thing about us where we always think we got to go to the next step. We got to go to the next level. Amen. Amen. Well, if you're not if you're not right rising up levels in Christ, you ain't really going nowhere. You just running in circles. I often make this statement about seeing who you are. I'm talking about as pastor. I often preach, and I'm and I'm often telling y'all like I see who you are. Pastor Carter used to say this thing about how can you pastor if you don't know the sheep, right? How can I be a pastor and not know the sheep? Because if the, if somebody one of y'all go missing and I don't know who you are, I can't come looking for you. I can't I can't lead a ninety nine and go find the one if I don't even know who you are. I got the baby and say, hold on, I ain't seen minister. I ain't seen sister again. I ain't seen Joy. I ain't seen such and such. I got to have, I got to know you. Even when you even when you here, I got to say, I don't know now. Something something ain't right with Kiara today. Some something, something going on and she don't she don't look happy like she used to look. I gotta know you, right? I often make this statement about seeing who you are. And even when I make that statement, it's not so much about me seeing everything that you're going to going to do. It's about me seeing the things that you want because of pain and drama. What you mean, Pastor? You are not gay. Say that again. I didn't know I was going. I kind of do. But you are not gay. That's pain. That's trauma. That's pain. That's trauma. You are not restless. You are not broken. Right? You are not desiring marriage over God. You are not prideful. You are not mean. You are not selfish. I choose to look at who God wants you to be. I choose. I see the reality of things, but I choose not to look at that because I know that's not who you are. You might feel like that's who you are because you're searching for something. And I want y'all to understand when I when I I put all them I put all them same things that I just named in the same category. I'm not trying to make nobody feel no kind of way about their sin because to me it's all sin. It's all the same. And I choose not to look at that. That's why I'm able to love on you. That's why I'm able to invite you in my home. That's why I read that scripture in Hebrews, right? That's why my favorite, that first Kings, that third chapter, that seventh through the ninth verse, I am but a child. I do not know how to do this. And I am in the midst of a great people. The midst of great people is y'all. I'm not trying to judge you. I choose to look at the people that God wants you to be, wants you to be. Rather, who you walk around here defining yourself as, saying I'm this and I'm and I'm that and I'm right and I'm hurt and I and I'm confused and I'm depressed and all them things that y'all speak over yourselves, even though you know you're not supposed to be like that. Me saying that I see who you are is me saying I see who God desires you to be, even at this moment. How even at this moment, you might not be where you want to be. Right? And even though you got all of them things going on in your life, let me tell you something. You were still important enough for God to die for. You, Jordan, you, Fallon, you, S.O., was still, no matter what you got going on in your life, God deemed you important enough he deemed you and put said, my daughter, my son is important enough for me to die and bleed and get up on the cross for. So who am I to say somebody is not important? 
when God has deemed you important enough to lay down his life for you? Who am I to treat anybody differently? When God has called you special, right? While he decided to lay down his life for you while you was yet what? Yet in your sins. Who am I to say, uh-uh, that person is not important? And so on last Sunday, I talked about the calling of Peter. And on today, I'm going to talk about the calling of Matthew. What you mean calling of Matthew? Some of y'all don't even know Matthew was a disciple. Y'all heard of Peter and Paul, maybe James. But who? You talking about the book of Matthew? Yes, the book of Matthew. Matthew was a disciple. <laughs> Matthew was a disciple. Matthew 9, verses 1 through 13, and y'all can remain seated. The word says, and Jesus, talking about Jesus, and he entered into a ship and passed over and came to his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, a certain of the scribes and Pharisees said within themselves, This man is blaspheming. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? For whether it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and walk. And I want to pause right there. So Jesus heals this sick man, and people start murmuring, saying, he can't do that. He can't forgive sins. Right? And that's what we do. We would rather Jesus, it's okay if Jesus say, get up and walk. Okay, that's America. I like, I like God like that. But when Jesus started dealing with sins, we say, uh-uh, now that, that's, that's an issue. That ain't right. Jesus saying, why do you think like that in your heart? Why do you think like that in your heart? He said, okay, if that's what you want, if that's what you want, right? The fifth verse, for whether it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven or to say arise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man have power on earth to forgive sins, then saith he to the sick of palsy, arise, take up thy bed, and go into thy own house. He said, if y'all want a sign, I'll give you a sign. But Jesus can save even if the situation you in don't get no better. Let me say that again. Jesus can save. Can he save somebody in prison if they if they in there for life? If they never gonna get out, we would rather say let them, let them free, free, free whoever, free. Give me a name. Free whoever. We put on a t shirt. Free them. Free them. A t shirt. We'd rather them be free and Jesus God take them out of jail. They get out of jail and still be in their sin. If God don't do that, then he ain't moving. He not, he's not real. He don't have power if he don't do that part. But when he start, when he start freeing, doing sins, we're like, whoa. Nah. Lord, I thank you. Jesus said so that, okay, so that y'all know that I'm, not, I'm not playing with y'all. Let me make this man get up and walk. The seventh verse says, and he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and they glorified God, which had given power unto men. And Jesus passed forth from thence into Matthew. 
So Jesus did this miracle. He made this man walk. And the word says, and when, when he left there, he saw this man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. This man was a tax collector. And he just passing by. And he says to this man, follow me. And the word says that Matthew arose and followed him. And it came to pass as that Jesus sat at meat in the house. Behold, many publicans, many other tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans, with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Why is this a big deal, Pastor? Why, why is this a big deal? Because we, us, we would walk past Matthew and be like, ooh, a tax collector. Ooh, a sinner. Y'all got to, okay, so let me give y'all a little context. In, in, in this part of scripture, Romans were taking taxes on God's people. And they would use other Jews to collect the taxes. So if you were a tax collector, you were on the same level as a prostitute. You were on the same level as a thief. You were hated by your own kind. You did not fit in because you was working for the man. You was a sellout because you was working for the man. You had no place and you still weren't a Roman. They was just using you. So you don't fit in with the Romans and you don't fit in with your own people. You don't fit in anywhere. Everybody hates you. And Jesus is performing miracles. He's out there doing Jesus things on a regular or whatever day this was. And he walks by and he sees this man who to everybody else is lower than dirt. And Jesus chooses to say, follow me. And that's why when we read the scripture, Matthew don't do no back talking. He don't say where we going, Jesus. He don't say, Jesus, what we getting ready to do. He don't say why I got to follow you. He don't say, Jesus, can I come next week? He don't say, Jesus, give me a minute. The word say he just got up and started walking. Why? Because when you're in a situation where you hate about everybody and you don't fit in anywhere, the only place that you can find purpose is with Jesus. So you have enough sense to just get up. And go walk. And that's some of our problems. You trying to fit in with the Romans. You trying to fit in with your family. You trying to fit in everywhere. But the only place you're going to find purpose. The only person who really looks at you. And sees your value in spite of. Is Jesus. He can look past your palsy. He can look past your blindness. He can look past your issue of blood. He can look past your lameness. He can look past your leprosy. Right? He can look past all of that. Call you. And not only call you, but heal you. And not only heal you, he can do even more. He can say, your sins be forgiven. Jesus makes us important. He looks at us and says, man, look at that diamond in the rough. They think they this. They think there's no hope. They think they've gone too far. Jesus looking and say, man, that girl right there, she important. Man, that dude right there got purpose. I can use that right there. But you got to have enough sense that when he says, come on, follow me, 
you got to have enough sense to get up and say, let's go. And stop asking all them questions. Lord, I thank you. Jesus said, if you are already whole, you don't need a physician. He said, I'm a healer. If you are already whole, you don't need me. He don't need it. And I love what he says in the 13th verse. He says, but go and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Good news translation says, Jesus heard them and answered, People who are well do not need a doctor, but only those who are sick. Go and find out what is meant by the scripture that says, it is kindness that I wanted, not animal sacrifices. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees. He said, go. Y'all supposed, the Pharisees were supposed to be the teachers. Jesus dismissed them and said, go do the work. What God told us last Sunday, he said, you don't understand because you had to do. Go do the work and then you'll understand what I really came to do. Cut that TV off. Cut that stuff off. Go do the work and then you'll understand what's really important. He say, I ain't come to call. I didn't come to call you to be no CEO. I didn't come to call you to have a million of dollars. I, when I call you, it's to follow me. And when you follow Jesus, we don't see Jesus up there being big, boastful Jesus. We see a humble Jesus. We see a serving Jesus. We see a peacemaker. We don't see people seeking their own trying. We don't see Jesus trying to make himself important. We see Jesus trying to save the sick and the lost. Lord, I thank you. I have in my notes, I say, why do people have to tell you to be good to other people. What you mean, Pastor? If I didn't say or get up here and, and say, read your word, would you do it? If I didn't say, serve others, would you do it? If I didn't say, come on, y'all, God has led me to do a challenge, who want to go? Would you do it on your own? Would you show up on your own? Right? Would you go out of your way to do something for somebody else without somebody having to prompt you first? Would you unload the dishwasher, children, without your mama telling you to? Would you cut the grass and say, Dad, I'm going to help you without Dad having to say, come on out here and help me do this? Would you feed somebody when they're not sick? Like when they get sick, what you need? Why you don't do that when they well? Why somebody got to tell you to do good? Right? Because most of the time, let me tell you why, because most of the time when we doing good, we doing good because we want to feel good about doing good. I want to feel good about doing good. So I'm going to show up for you just so I can say I was there and now you owe me. Now you got to show up for me when it's my turn to do something because I showed up for you. We want to feel good about doing good instead of just doing good because good is good. When Jesus sees a need, he meets the need. When Jesus sees a need, 
When he sees a sinner, when he sees a tax collector, when he sees somebody that doesn't fit in, even though they yet in their sin, he says, that person has a need. I'm going to fill it. He doesn't overlook them because they're not important enough. He looks past all of their stuff and says, they're important enough for me to stop right here. They're important enough for me to just sit down and take. They're important enough for me to go out of my way and let me meet this woman at the well. I'm supposed to be over here, but we're going to cut through this place that I, we normally don't go because someone needs me over here, even though I'm scheduled to be over here. I'm going to read this and then I'm going to be done. This is Hebrews 13, 1 through 19, and I'm not reading all of the verses. This is good news translation. And, and, and when I was putting it together, the, the heading basically says something like how to please God. How to please God. Simply how to please God. The first verse says, keep on loving one another as Christians. Remember to welcome strangers in your homes. There were some who did that and welcomed angels without knowing it. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. Remember those who are suffering as though you were suffering as they are. Do y'all hear what this man is saying? He said, don't just think about people. He said, put yourself, like, when you, when you think about them, put yourself in their shoes and then respond out of that. Think about them as being, even though they're in prison, even though they're suffering, even though they're hurting, say they are important enough for me to get in there with them and kind of feel what they're feeling and not just pat them on the back and say, I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to get in here with you. And I'm going to love you like a Christian. Fourth verse, marriage is to be honored by all and husband and wives must be faithful to each other. God will judge those who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Remember, this is just a list of how to please God. Fifth verse, keep your lives free from the love of money and be satisfied with what you have. Let me say that again. Thank you, Brother Marcus, for that testimony. And be satisfied with what you have. How many of y'all look at y'all house and say, I want a new such and such? Y'all know it's some people that don't even have no house, right? Come on, man. How many of y'all look at that car? How many of y'all say, look at that job and say, I want a new job? And you're making above the average annual salary for whatever it is in this region. And you got a little savings. And there's somebody out there with no job. And five kids, nobody to help them raise the five kids. Their mama got diabetes. Their children getting in trouble in school. They got all this stuff going on. And you can't even appreciate the job that you got. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be satisfied. And be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, why? Why can you be satisfied? Brother Marcus, I already told y'all. He in the Word. He said he told y'all he was in the Word. He didn't know where it was. It is. 
For God has said, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. Let us be bold in and say, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I? Come on, I'm giving you Old Testament and New Testament, just so you know I'm in there. Let us be bold in and say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can anyone do to me? Remember your former leaders who spoke God's message to you. Think back on how they lived and how they died. Imitate their faith. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm trying to figure out when Jesus stopped working. When being holy stopped working. Do not let all kinds of strange teaching lead you from the right way. And it's a whole bunch of strange teaching, y'all. Do not let all kinds of strange teaching lead you from the right way. It is good to receive inner strength from God's grace and not by obeying rules about food and those who obey rules do not have not been helped by them. When God gave us the challenge last week, I told y'all you can do it or you cannot do it. I told y'all not to make it into a thing. Do it if you want to do it. Because at the end of the day, you can, you can do it successfully. You can get off social media successfully for three months and still not be saved. You know how I know that? Because it was folk that went saved before social media even existed. So your salvation is not dependent on whether you can cut the TV off or not. That's not the point. You can follow all kind of rules that you want, but that don't mean you're saved. It's got to be something on the inside of you. If God calls you important, he got to be important enough for you to see what he like, to give him enough time just to see what he's talking about. Lord, let me sit down somewhere and see what you're talking about for real. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to skip down to the 14th verse and then I'm going to be done. The word says, for there is no permanent city for us here on earth. We are looking for the one which is to come. Let us then always offer praise to God as our sacrifice through Jesus, which is the offering presented by the lips. Right? By the lips. Not just lips that's talking. It tells us after that, by the lips that confess him as Lord. How do you offer praise? You walk around and you let people know that Jesus is the Lord of your life. There's a lot of people that talk about God, but they just say the name. They're not talking about him in connection to them, to him being the Lord of their lives. When you talk about him, it should show that when you use the name, it actually means something. Y'all know some people that call on Jesus and they live anything but like Jesus. Oh, I thank you. <laughs> do not forget to do good and help one another because these are. Oh, look at this. Do not forget to do good and help one another because these are the sacrifices that please God. Doing good for the sake of doing good. 
Ooh, and I love this one. 17. What 17 mean, y'all? Victor, right? Obey your leaders. God done told some of y'all to get your health in order to lose weight. Y'all ain't even been to the doctor. Why? I ain't getting get not one. Amen. <laughs> not one. Obey your leaders and follow their orders. They watch over your soul without resting. It's fine, y'all be saying, Pastor, what you need, Pastor, you want to buy your lunch or whatever. No, I want you to live the word. I can buy my own lunch. You want to make it easy for Pastor? Live holy. Show up. Love on one another. Do good for the sake of doing good. They watch over your souls without resting since they must give an account. You know why? Since they must give an account for their service. I'm not telling you to obey me just because I want to be the ruler. Because God, guess what? God is going to hold me accountable. If I'm, as the pastor of this church, if I mislead you, there is a special place. I don't want to go to hell, period. But the Bible says there is a special place in hell for me. Everybody else is getting the regular hell. Right. I get the special hell. I don't want that. I don't want that. give an account of my service. If you obey them, y'all listen, if you obey them, they would do their work gladly. If not, I'm going to do it, but with sadness. And that is no help to you. I could give y'all 100% more if y'all would just receive what I'm giving. I can't give you 100% because I'm, I'm, y'all got me wrestling. You got me wrestling with you trying to get what I asked you to do the first time. What I asked you to do two years ago, I'm still wrestling with you. So I can't move on to the next thing that God got for you because I'm still working with the first thing I asked you to do. So nobody winning. I'm struggling and you ain't winning because you can't get the best of your pastor. You can't get the best of me. Keep on praying for us. Keep on praying for me. We are sure we will have a clear conscience because we want to do the right thing at all times. And I beg you even more earnestly to pray to God, to pray to God that he will send me back to you soon. I don't know how some of these other pastors do it. And I'm doing it. I don't know how some of these other pastors do it. But I'm trying to do the right thing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to do the right thing. Amen. Each and every day. Each and every day. And y'all are important to me. Doing the work of God is important to me. Your brothers and sisters should be important to you. Doing the work of God should be important to you. Don't overlook people. Don't overlook what they're going through. Amen. Meet needs. When you see a need, meet it. When you see a need, meet it. God just gave us a whole list in Hebrews about how to please him. Amen. Amen. Find a 
find yourself in the Lord. That's the only thing that matters. That's what's important to God. If you want to be an important person, if you, if you really want to be an important person, you're not going to find it through your job. You're not going to find it through marriage. You're not going to find it through motherhood because it's bad mothers. It's bad leaders. It's bad in, in bosses. You're not going to find it through that. You're going to find it through Christ. That's when you find importance. Amen. Amen. Y'all come and give the Lord a hand. Praise.